keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And your teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me, that's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? Total. Marks with Dan St. Germain. Welcome everybody to Total Effin' Marks. I'm your host, the king of sad style, the man with the largest calves in the world, Dan the St. Germain event. I'm here uh, with uh, Evan Williams. He's back. He's back on our show. He's still a uh, four comedian. He's fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, this guy's Poor body comedian. Wow. is incredible. That was uh, a little bit of a blow. It's a little bit of a blow. It's a, a little, little bit. bit of a blow. But, you know, I, I think understand. it's like some wrestlers are funny. You know, like Jericho's a really funny, right? You're a, you're a right. really ripped comedian. Yeah, yeah. Uh, James Mattern, who's my co-host, will be here uh, shortly. He's running a little bit late. But the big guest today, the big treat, who I used to have on, who had I had on My Dumb Friends podcast, podcast I used to do with Sean Donnelly. Check out his uh, movie podcast is uh ken anderson we're glad to have you back man thank you man i'm hilarious by the way i know see ken ken see the ken ken is the uh wrestling version of you (laughs) right as a bodybuilder evan (laughs) um ken uh just to give everybody a background money in the bank is coming up he's probably one of the most memorable money in the bank winners uh you did your finisher on fucking Hornswoggle on top of a goddamn ladder <laughs> at WrestleMania. <laughs> former United States champion, former TNA world champion, and you have your own wrestling school now. It's incredible to have you on the podcast. I was always a fan, and it's great to actually have you on a wrestling podcast. Um, Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. I have a, a kind of a funny story about that Hornswoggle thing. Yeah, I'd love oh, to hear it. Amazing. I'd love to hear it. Please. So, uh, you know, we, at WrestleMania, the cool thing about Mania, n- n- normally when we do matches, it's just done on the day. Yeah. You mm-hmm. get to the building, you figure out who you're working with, you throw some stuff together. Sometimes you just go out there and call it on the fly. Um, but re- for WrestleMania, they really want it to be special and memorable. And so you get about five days to put everything together. And they have these big ballrooms with rings inside them. Oh, wow. And you just get together with all the people that are in your match and kind of go over stuff. And you start just throwing out ideas and then you whittle it down and then you get down to, you never actually like go through the full match or anything like that. But Mm -hmm. any intricate spots that need to be done, you can walk through them there in the room. And we had all these ladders. I mean, we had different sizes of ladders, big, tall ones, medium sized ones. A little short one. Uh, I think Hornswoggle at one point had a little stepladder out there. <laughs> <laughs> of course. You know, and, and so we were coming up with, we're trying to come up with something that I could do to him. And it was his idea. He said, what if I grab, what if I climb all the way up there and you give me your uh, your Finley roll? And I was like, you think? And because um, I used to do it off the second rope. I knew that it would be safe. It was just a matter of like, how do we get into it? 
Yeah. Without mm-hmm. it being too too ridiculously contrived looking. And uh, so anyway, we do the spot. I I pick him up. I hit him with the spot. And he sort of rolled. This is in, in front of 82,000 people or however many people were there. Millions watching on pay-per-view. <laughs> right. And he, he took it, and then he sort of rolled over into the corner out underneath the, the bottom rope. And I, I just went over to him, and I was like, hey, man, are you okay? And he went, yeah, buddy, I'm good. You? And it was just like <laughs> we're in front of all these people who just got his guts, his guts squashed out. And you could tell that, like, not only was he okay, the glee – that was coming out of his face. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, the rumor yeah, on, on him forever was that he's like actually a pretty stiff worker. Like I don't, I don't, I, you know, I don't know if he was, you know, fucking Bob Holly stiff, but I heard, I heard he's like a pretty stiff worker. That was like the rumor backstage. I don't know if that's true or uh, not. No, I think he, he he's heavy. You know, right? Like his butt weighs about one hundred and fifty-seven pounds. <laughs> Huge butt. <laughs> Huge um, but Bob Holly is actually super light. Bob oh, Holly's really? Super light worker. Yeah. The only thing that Bob ever got anyone anyone with was uh, like his chops were stiff, but not not bullshit stiff. Yeah. Was, mm-hmm. Who's this, was who was the stiffest guy that you worked with? Mm. You know what? It's it's actually most of the guys in the WWE are mm-hmm. super light. Yeah. You have to be to work that kind of schedule. Right, of course. It's probably like when somebody comes wanna... from another sport, right? Like when somebody tries wrestling like Nathan Jones or like a fighter or somebody. Yes. Yeah, but I never had the – well, actually, I sort of got a funny Nathan Jones story, too. But, what is it? Um, <laughs> uh, so I was, I was at – what I was going to say, like, it's usually independent guys that don't have a lot of experience. Those are the ones mm. that are, like, the stiffest. Um, but the Nathan Jones story, I was at WWE doing a tryout probably three years before I ever got signed to a deal. They didn't know who I was other than I'm a guy that shows up when I, whenever they come to the Midwest. Right. So Nathan Jones at the time was getting groomed to take off with, uh, with Taker. Yeah. It's incredible he look. He had, a, he had an incredible look. Crazy looking. Awesome. He's awesome. a Mad Max And mutant. it's such a crazy, such a crazy good story too. I I believe it's true, some variation of this, that he spent uh, 10 to 12 years in prison, and a large majority of that was spent in solitary confinement because... He would beat up he would, guards, like, right? Doors, beat up guards, rip doors what? off cells. I had no idea. Oh, yeah. That's so, amazing. It's so like... uh, he, he came up to me and he was like, <laughs> Arn Anderson asked me, he said, are you doing anything today, kid? And I said, no. You mind getting in there and taking some bumps for this kid? This kid, that's what he referred to Nathan Jones as. And uh, I said, absolutely. And so he came up to me and he goes, all right, mate. Here's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Just like this calm, he tilted his head kind of. He's looking down at me and he's like, I'm, I'm going to grab you by your ears and I'm going to give you a beal out of the corner. I'm going to give you a what out of the corner? Oh, a beal. Like a, it's like a big hip toss. You see like... Somebody's in the corner. Yeah. Mm. Two guys kind of, it's like a big throw out of the corner. So, mm-hmm. And it's usually like, you know, you you clear about half the ring on a peel if it's right. done well. 
Almost like a suplex, or and well, so it's like a big hip toss, said, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, a big hip toss, exactly, gotcha. exactly. So he said, um, "I want you to just, I'm going to grab you by your ears and and grab onto my wrists." Okay, and just go for the ride. And he bailed me out of that. By the way, just to interrupt you, like when a prisoner says go for the ride, <laughs> don't go for the it's never a good ride. It's never it's never it's a small, small world. <laughs> <laughs> so I it was crazy. My butt hit the turnbuckle in the other corner. Like my leg Oh my god. Like it I cleared the ring. I almost got thrown out of the ring. Wow. And then uh and then he said, all right, you mind if I drop an elbow on you? And I thought, like, of course. Hey, had this guy told me I want to drop you on your head from, you know, the balcony over there, I right. probably would have done it because I wanted the experience. So he said, I'm going to drop an elbow on you. And I said, okay. And he, you know, here he is, like, he's six foot nine, six foot ten. 275 yeah. pounds of solid steel. Yeah. And uh, he just stood next to me. I'm laying on the ground and he stood next to me and he just lets out this big scream. Ah! And he jumped in the air and like laid out. I swear to God, he, he jumped as tall as he was. Oh my God. And like laid out sideways and came right down and gave me the, like the worst elbow drop I've ever oh. had. In my life. <laughs> Jesus. And uh, he, he hit me in the stomach. And I remember Taker was standing outside just kind of... Undertaker's just standing there watching you? He was observing because uh, he wanted to see what he was going to what he was gonna have to do. Ah. Yeah. And I remember he just sort of like shook his head and he goes, Nathan, uh, maybe try to hit him up here a little more next time. <laughs> 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 no, go for the we just... Uh, just spot. just uh, uh, James Matter, my co-host, just came in. James, meet Ken Anderson. Ken Mr. Anderson. Anderson, what an honor, man. This is amazing. Awesome. How, how <laughs> yeah. you doing? Man, the world's my oyster, sir. It is a pleasure yeah, to talk to you. It's so cool that you're on talking about this kind of shit. Yeah, it's um, amazing. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I guess we're going to go on the topics, but again, like Ken, feel free to sidebar whenever. Um, it's time for the temp okay, camp. Yep. Um, number one, and this is this is for you guys, but it's also like it's interesting to talk to Ken about this because Ken has a wrestling school. Ken, can you tell us w- w- what the name of that school? First off, anyone who's looking to get into it, yep, it's the Academy School of Professional Wrestling in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Great town. I uh, I played Acme before, and I did like a beer fest there two years ago as a as a comedian, not as a <laughs> beer tester. Uh, great fucking town, by the way. So. I love it here. I grew up in like just outside of Green Bay, Wisconsin, in a little town called Two Rivers. And I remember my I didn't come over to the Twin Cities until I was already wrestling. I was like 25 or 26 years old. Yeah, it was strange because it's only five hours five hours away. But I, I came over here and I remember driving through the town and I was like, I I want to live here. Yeah, it's, it's just, a great town. It's such a beautiful. It's such a pretty city. It's clean. But it still has that big city feel, but it doesn't have that, like, you know. Oh, it's not like New York, which is like living inside a fucking screaming person. So, <laughs> it is. Oh, what were yeah. you about to say, you guys have it made. I sleep on New rats. Is- so, that's fun. Well, New I've never York. been to Minneapolis. I've heard good things, but I've made out with two girls from there. Two of the best kissers ever. So, guess what? Thumbs up, Minneapolis. Two, at the same okay. time? Thumbs up. Yeah. Not at the same time. I'm not as dope and, as you, sir. I, uh, I, I, I've never been on a pay per view. You give me a pay per view, yeah. two, two at a time, baby. Yeah, buddy. 
Yeah. <laughs> Ken, 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 you're a married guy now, but have you ever had some crazy yep. sex on the road you, that you can talk uh, no, about? No, because I've been – no, not really because I've been uh, – <laughs> I, I was never single on the road. His, his wife listens to your podcast. That's what's yeah, happening. <laughs> he's got he's to stay yeah, exactly. safe, man. Don't corner a married man I've like that. I've heard about some crazy stories. What's, uh, can <laughs> you tell us one without, without mentioning wrestler names? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know if you can. Oh, man. All right, let's keep more PG. <laughs> You never know when you got to go back to the company. Right, you never know when, man. Uh, so tell, tell, We're never going to hear about the Hornswoggle May Young. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the reason I bring up your wrestling school is this week John Cena did his his normal thing where he's talking about wrestlers not stepping up. And Do you get sick now? You know, you're a veteran right now, but, uh, you know, like... Look, I understand somebody kind of pulling you aside and telling you, hey, you need to do this, you need to do this, but are you getting sick of like older wrestlers telling younger ones to suck it up and stop complaining on social media? Because it just seems to me like these younger guys now, it's not even like, and, and please, I, you know, I'm going to tell me if I'm wrong here, but back in the day, sometimes you could like fucking be a big guy and get a huge contract from WCW and WBF. And now you have people, you know, uh, especially, you know, the New Japan guys and, and a lot of the Ring of Honor guys who've been doing it for fucking ever. And they get, so they already have 15 years of experience and then they get to WWE and they kind of get shit from some of the top guys there when they've been doing more wrestling than, you know, than their top guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to say that Cena one time, um, Cena got in, Kevin Owens' face and was kind of burying him on the mic or whatever. And Kevin was like, I've been wrestling fucking longer than you have, man. You know, <laughs> yeah. he, he didn't say it in the – it wasn't in those those words exactly, but, you know, paraphrasing, he was like, motherfucker, I've been wrestling a lot longer than you have. So Yeah. yeah I remember that French promo. Cena wouldn't have known, so that's oh, yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> I, remember, I remember that promo. And first off, I, I love Cena matches, and I, and I, you know, I just saw um, – Blockers, I thought he was great at that. I do love John Cena, but I, it's more of this other thing of like these, like that how that the whole thing of like the old guy talking to the new guy, like it's not really the same anymore because everybody getting signed to NXT is the old guy, you know, like yeah, it's it's well, like you know, I don't know. And here's the here's the thing that I that I noticed when you know, and I'm like like you said. I'm a trainer now. I'm a coach. I have a lot of students underneath me. I've had about 130 different students come through my doors. And, I've, and I'm a father, too. And I don't know about you guys, but I always fucking hated when people talk to me like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm a grown. I'm a, even when I was a kid, like, why do you have to talk to me like, why do you have to constantly throw it in my face that I'm a kid and that I have less experience than you? Can't you just talk to people? And so, like, that's what I try to do at school is you're all adults. It, some of them are – we've got 16-year-olds, 17-year-old kids. But I treat everybody like I want to be treated, you know. Talk oh, yeah. to me the way that – I talk to people the way that I want to be talked to. And I feel that that is far more effective than – you know, last night we had Mike Quackenbush – Right. at the academy doing a seminar and he was talking about how when he came up in the business and he's been in the business now for 25 years and when he was coming up in the business it was he'd come having his match and he would pour his heart into that match and and you know it was one of those things where like every, when he would wrestle 
he had thought about it all week long. I got a match on Saturday night against yeah. so-and-so, and I'm really excited. And he would put stick up. Then we'd go out there, and he would come to the back and ask a veteran for their opinion, and they would be like, man, you don't know how to work. Uh, that, this was the shit. That was the shit. Your gear sucks. You don't know what you're talking about. Quit the business. And it's just like... It's so counterproductive. <laughs> well, it's interesting you say that too, though, because I mean, there is the other side of that, and you know, like, not to sound like an old crusty veteran myself, but I wish that I could have. You're you know, a veteran I'm, of nothing, I'm a veteran. Yeah. I'm a veteran of nothing. Says <laughs> says Evan Williams. Dan forgot he didn't wrestle for his a, whole life. Who is a, 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 wearing an ironic Puma shirt right now? That says Ooh, llama. llama. It's from Lima, Peru. Oh, so yeah, right, yeah. Your <laughs> my wife brought it back. Yeah, your culture. Um, the point that I'm trying to make is like, if you're a comic, I've only been doing comedy about 12 years, but there are some people who who are seven years in that you do want to gently tell them, "Hey, man, take it down a notch, B. You, you got to do yeah. something else. You, you've totally. kind of you've kind of totally. wasted your life. So, I mean, do you have that when you're a wrestling trainer? If you've worked with somebody for a couple months, is there a gentle way to be like, "Hey, this this isn't working out." So one of the things that I, because we pick anybody, mm. I do not pre-qualify people. And I think that had somebody pre-qualified, you know, Nick Foley or guys like him, um, you know, he, we might, we might never have been graced with uh, the presence of, of mankind. You know, if somebody had just taken him for face value. Um, so what I do though is, I try to say to my students, hey, I try to tell them, hey, look, maybe wrestling isn't for you. Because I've had a couple instances where, like, look, you're picking up another human being and, and they're trusting you to not yeah. break their neck, not dump them on their heads. Yeah. I can't have you doing that because I, I just can't trust you to do that. You need to, we need to figure out, you need to come in here for some private sessions or look, the wrestling business, you don't have to fall down to be a part of the wrestling business. Yeah. You can actually, there's, there's managerial roles. You can be a referee. You can be a valet. You could be a commentator. You that's know, what I want. I want to be a valet. Yeah. So if you could teach me how to be a valet, that's <laughs> yeah. what I want. Only if you, if you promise to uh, wear nothing but a tea back, kind of like a, what was his Ken, name? Uh, Ken, that's what I'm Dick, doing right Dick, now Dick on this podcast. You can't yeah, see how do you it. think we're dressed talking? Yeah. To you? <laughs> we're all in T-Bag. Arm wrestling each other. <laughs> I, just got, I just got a huge boner. Oh, my God. Can um, you say you take everyone? How about 40-year-olds who are missing three vertebrae in their neck? Is it is it too late for me to grab the brass ring? Just grab the brass ring. I want, I want the brass ring. Man. This, is a man, this is a man who's broken his hip while grabbing a shower ring. That's so. it. I, well, I think, I think my 40s are going to be a good decade. Yeah, yeah. I'm feeling yeah. optimistic. Well, what would you do with James? James has like got a great voice. He's he's, yeah, he's a be great amazing promo on the guy. Yeah. He'd be amazing on the like. You'd be a manager. I think I would have been a great manager, but they're kind of extinct now. It's like saying you'd be a great pterodactyl. What's what's going to yeah, happen? Yeah, now? yeah. Besides Paul Hammond, I guess. Hey. Yeah. Hey, yeah. DDP started DDP. DDP started when he was 35 years old, and, and he was just a manager, too. That's right. Oh. At AWA, in my background, uh, Las Vegas, and he also, I think, was bouncing at the Shark Club. What do you know about that? <laughs> Snipering in facts, everybody. <laughs> my hometown. You just know you just know strip club facts. Right? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. The Shark Club. Just it just know. happened to overlap. <laughs> Wait, the Shark Club was not a strip club. Uh, body With Count the- played there. 
Ice T's metal band. What do you know about that? Wow, nothing. I don't know if I want to know. Maybe yeah. change my life. I my life's better for not knowing. He loved him. <laughs> See, there you go, man. I'm going to Minneapolis. I'm going to train with you, Ken. We're going to hang out, man. Yeah, make him a champ, Ken. Well, come on now. Um, <laughs> all right, let's get the number. That, two. That's a hard no. Stop. <laughs> yeah. I, I, this, this is just a this is just a quick thing of stuff that I liked from wrestling this week. Um, and this is all from WWE uh, and NXT, and we'll get to um, more indie stuff later on. Uh, the Shane, Shayna Baszler and Nikki Cross finish on NXT, where she just like crazily grabbed the crazy uh, grab. Yeah. It was uh, it reminded me of the best <laughs> moments of the Hardcore Championship run when people were just pinning people and running away, yeah. but they did it really well. Um, uh, I love the Joe versus Brian versus Big Cass main event. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, I loved Elias' uh, his promo this week. Does anyone have any comments on those three things? I know that's kind of just a almost like a grab bag of shit I just gave you. All three were yeah. great. No. Oh, oh, yeah, all three are great. Shayna Blazer's a badass. I love what they're yeah. doing with her. Yeah, she's great. She I, does crazy better than, like, Dean Ambrose. You know what I mean? She does yeah. crazy right. Yes, it, absolutely. She feels actually crazy. Not like she would just text a big letter and a small letter if she was texting you, like, crazy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's how I feel like Dean Ambrose is crazy is. But uh, she looked like a psychopath. It yeah. worked. And Nikki Cross does crazy, too. But I, I love that now she's like a baby face and not insanity. Starting to make her look like her real life hot self. If you see real pictures of her before, yeah. you're like, that is a an eleven on a scale of one to ten. And then she looks all just crazy goth up mm-hmm. waiting for a ministry reunion, all that <laughs> shit, which I am pro, believe me. Uh, but you can tell there's a little more makeup this time. This is um this is uh, her name is uh Nikki Cross and she's uh part of this uh faction insanity, which I'm sure you've worked with Eric Young um at TNA. Yes. So uh, yep. I, I think that they're and they're holding off on insanity coming to SmackDown, and I'm I'm wondering if it's because they're waiting for her to lose to Shayna Baszler to then kind of join it and become, you know, I guess kind of this Ministry of Darkness type faction slash Wyatt family. Did you see any of those you know, things this I, week or no? Or are you, are you kind of like you no? Know, un- unfortunately, unfortunately, I don't catch a lot of wrestling. Okay, um, I I catch usually what happens is. When there's a big match um, or a match that has gone really well and people are talking about it, I mm. usually hear about it and then I'll and then I'll look it up. Um, like the New Japan stuff. Um, yeah, you know, I watch Jericho, Jericho versus Omega, Omega, uh, Omega, and you That's know, great. I watched all those so Omega Okada matches, and uh, I, I watch WrestleMania every year. But I just, you know. Three uh, raw is three hours, and somebody told me last night that there's a possibility that they're thinking about going to four hours. Oh my god! I uh, don't ridiculous. want to watch my. That's I do when not you want to watch my yeah. wife play with a pussy for four hours. Uh, that's uh, when you get like, like twenty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that one for me to see. <laughs> You're like, I'm not talking about my sex life, but. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, yeah. <laughs> real quick, can we talk about uh, how Big Cass, they're really trying to make him... Uh, I don't understand it. It's like he's I, a horseman. I love how they put him in the suit, and that music is more 80s metal than yeah, any 80s yeah. metal I grew up listening to. Yeah, I'm not sold, man. He's just the bouncer that thinks he's funny. Yeah, That's his whole character. Yeah, which is brutal. It is. It's like bad improv, man. It's brutal. It's really bad. But uh, Elias <laughs> promo, I don't know if you've seen any of Elias promos, Ken, but he's uh, he's terrific. Yeah, like he was. I like, saw the one at I saw the one at WrestleMania with him and was it Cena? Yeah. What did you think of it? I saw it. I well, I liked him. I I thought this Cena 
Oh, jeez. Um, just the, <laughs> the bad <laughs> acting that came out of the terrible acting that came out of Cena that day. Was, oh, you mean like from the crowd? Where he was like, you no, know, bad in the acting. crowd, and like somebody came out and like whispered in his ear, and he thought, "What? He's here! Oh my god!" And he, <laughs> oh uh, yeah, yeah. So, when he heard about Taker, and, he and ran, then, that uh, became you know, a meme. The, that was like a meme for the week. Him running up the ramp. Yeah, he looked like a kid who just oh. got told Goose playing Duck Duck Goose. <laughs> what? Yeah. And then he just starts <laughs> running up. Yep. Yeah. And then when he came out and Undertaker's music didn't, didn't play or whatever, he gets a boo boo face and like oh, <laughs> kicking kicking rocks and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Ken Anderson, huge John Cena fan. Yeah. Uh, number three. Dear God, can this Lashley Zami Zayn angle get any worse? <sighs> Let me just br- brief you in on this. First off, okay. The sisters. The man. whole guy dressing as, like, the whole guy dressing as a woman and then getting beaten up. Like, it's, we can't do that anymore. Yeah. I know I'm sounding like a left wing <laughs> liberal here, but as somebody who really enjoyed the first two seasons of Transparent, <laughs> I, 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 I don't, it's not funny anymore to watch a bunch of dudes, like, just get beat up and using these fake girly voices. I, I, even from, like, a comedic perspective, I think it's bad. I just think it's, you know, I think it's offensive, but, um, I, you know, like, and I'm not going to yeah. jump on that. You know, you as a comedian, as a wrestler, you make fucking, sometimes you make mistakes. Sometimes they're tiny mistakes. Sometimes they're Roseanne Barr mistakes. <laughs> um, but, like, uh, you know, like, I, I just thought the whole, I mean, look, man, you probably worked with Lashley a lot. And Lashley had better days in TNA, but his run at WWE, dude, has been rough. How 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 was it working with him at TNA? I Bobby Lashley is awesome. Like, yeah, he one seems of the awesome. most athletic, athletic and gifted people. He can actually cut a promo. Um, he's just he's nobody works harder than Bobby Lashley, and he's just a cool guy. Well, what, why do you think um, they're so botching this run up so his, much? I mean, I don't know if you've seen this. This WWE run that he's done, I mean, coming back is the worst that I've ever seen. And I I say that as a guy. For Sami Zayn, too. (laughs) It sucks for Sami Zayn. I mean, they're doing this thing with, like, he was really close to his sisters, but he had this, like, weird interview with Renee Young where his sisters also sound abusive. And then the next week, Sami Zayn saying, I'm bringing out his sisters. His sisters were guys dressed as women that then Bob Lee Lashley beat up. And then Sami Zayn came on the next week to apologize essentially for how bad the angle is, but then said all all of what he said was true, which leads to a match at Money in the Bank where everyone's going to now, everyone's just going to either boo the match or cheer for Sami Zayn because Bobby Lashley is a fucking brick shithouse and Sami Zayn, you know, looks like a guy who's, you know, a Mighty Mighty Boston's fan. He looks like the fans in the crowd. Yeah. So they'll vote for, you know, the root for him. It's, and, and this angle's so bad, but Sammy is putting in work. I think, like, like this, let's do a parallel to, uh, to yeah. the NBA right now. He's LeBron with yeah. a really bad Cavs team. Yeah, yeah, He yeah, looks yeah. around. He's like, JR's going to run out the clock when it's tied. Right. I got to do my business. Like, he's doing, he's putting up 51 yeah. and well, losing in overtime. And I'm sure Le- Ashley's a friend, Ken. I, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to bury the guy, but I'm, a, I'm saying the WWE does this thing, and I think Vince McMahon did it with Batista, too, where they bring back big guys, and they just think for some reason they're going to be fan favorites rather than looking like yeah. big guys who are just beating up the smaller guys that were already there, and it has the adverse effect. What do you think? Yeah, yeah it's, it's 
definitely not for a lack of trying on the part of the boys. Yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah, no, the boys are sometimes trying. You're, sometimes you're handed shit, you know, and told to make make gold out of this. What was and the shittiest like, thing that you were handed that you had to make gold out of? Um, it wasn't at WWE. There was a. I remember vaguely because I was my bell had been seriously rung. So Jeff Hardy accidentally hit me in the back of the head with a steel chair. And mm. I got a really, really bad concussion out of it. And I ended up taking about three months off oh, wow. to recover from it. Mm. And uh, they had me, I remember at the time Vince Russo wanted me to go out there and portray, like, it's just, he wanted me to act like I was concussed and kind of fucked up. And I just remember I wasn't feeling it. And I just... It, it didn't feel authentic to me, you know. Like, um, what was it like working with I Russo? Studied, I love working with Russo. Oh, I you did? did. But Hot here's take. the thing: like, oh, I love Vince. <laughs> I love Vince. But Vince does come up with some crazy ideas sometimes. Like, you know, because I was, I'm a huge fan of Steve Austin's work. Yeah. And I, I hunt sometimes and fish and wear camouflage hats. So you're so a professional thought. wrestler on his day. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard yeah. a professional wrestler but, but he like, going to a French, like a, a French <laughs> Quebecois jazz club. So <laughs> we have a well, Jericho's got the little scarves on, right? Yeah. Um, but but you know because I was those things, he was like, I want you to be the you know. Steve Austin, you're you're the modern day Steve Austin. I was like, how about if I'm just the modern day Mister Mister Anderson? Like, um, I, I don't want to portray. And he, we, there was some kind of a wedding. I don't remember who was getting married. It was like EY and ODB maybe. And he had me wear a camouflage tuxedo to the wedding. <laughs> Man, so I want to do that. I, I got to go to a wedding next week. Yeah. I'm going to do that, man. Yeah. I feel like that's what the... Like, I, I feel like that's what the cummerbund and everything. I feel like that's what the <laughs> cast of Duck Dynasty did when Sarah Huckabee Sanders got married. They were <laughs> sitting to the side. <laughs> like, if you wear a camouflage tux to a wedding, your plus one's not an actual woman. It has to be like a bow and arrow. Let's be honest about it. That's your plus one. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's like Ted Kaczynski. That's your plus yeah, one. That's it. I like to hunt in, like, a camo suit and just, like, use an Uzi, though, instead. <laughs> that sounds badass. That's John Wick hunting. You guys hey. You guys brought this up earlier. I wanted to pick your brain on it a little bit. Like you said something about Roseanne. Yeah. Yeah. Big heel. Big heel to me, turn. To me, to me, <laughs> I'm gonna probably put my I'm probably gonna put my foot in it right now. But like to me isn't the fact that you every time you hear the word ape, you associate that with a black person? Doesn't that make you racist in your head? You know what I mean? No, I no, I don't associate the word ape with a black person. But when you were, when I when I when I see the word <laughs> Valerie Jarrett next to an ape, 
I, I consider that person being racist, and you you, you can't c- compare black people to apes, man. <laughs> yeah, and it's I'm just one of the free- things you yeah, can't do. And look, yeah, you I, can call her an elephant if she's big. Yeah, you can like it's just that that yeah. specific one was it's, like it's almost always it's always uh, yeah. wrong. And, and you look, can't dude, put those two together with it not being racist. And I, a yeah. plus B equals C. And I will say this, you know, <laughs> there was times when I started out where I where I used. Words like I would pretend to be a racist, and I remember I would drop drop racial epithets, or I would use the f word, as a lot of comedians did. Um, and like, look, I mean, like the you know, like the thing is, is like you know, like I learned from that, and I do think it's unfortunate yeah. that like you know, like, but I was a young comedian, and and you know what, if that and it would have been one of those things where if I was granted a show earlier on and something like that happened, I probably would have been kicked out but like she's gotten a lot of fucking chances and you just can't fucking with the rhetoric that there is now and i think like a lot of this like you know almost like kind of dog whistle stuff from the trump administration you know you just can't fucking do that man i mean there's just a line in the stand you know and and i'm trying to bring up like you know like there's conservative things that you know like a lot of people bring up like you know bill mars of the n-word which you know like he probably shouldn't have said that, you know, you know. But it was in reference of like this. It was it was a poorly planned joke that he shouldn't have done. But like, and I understand it's it's hard because there's no forgiveness in the society. You know, like you know, Dan Soder said this to me. You have to be perfect. You have to have yeah. a perfect record. But that is such a big fucking. That is such a big jump. That like you can't have somebody who's the number one show in America. Like it's one thing if like yeah. you know like she she has look on the show. There's a lot of great writers that wrote that I know that write for that show, and they try to provide a balanced opinion. And I think that some stuff you can push back on. You can't just left. You know, there's there's the screaming left, and sometimes like the left wing goes after shit that's like so fucking bonkers. But especially. You know, with, a, with with the history of, of African-Americans in our country and the fact that they were brought here on fucking slave ships, they didn't choose to come here. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a, it's 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 right. an even it's an even bigger affront than it would be, you know, a different nationality. I, I don't know. That's yeah. my opinion. One of the biggest well, slurs for black people has the word monkey in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So it's just right. kind of. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just kind of right there, you know. I don't know. I, I get Big like, heel she turn. had to know, right? She had to know that people were going to associate with right, her, even if she right. didn't mean it that way. Yeah. But the thing is, is like, the thing that irritates me a little bit, mm-hmm. and I am neither conservative nor liberal, yeah. somewhere in the middle, mm-hmm. but like the lack of consistency of outrage. You know, Bill Maher said what he said, and, well, he shouldn't have said that, but it's okay. The, there was a you know difference I mean? with like, him, though. Kanye West, Kanye West just said that, Black people chose to be slaves. Right. Well, I yeah. don't. Okay. Only thing with Kanye is you can't really take anything from him because, like, he's putting it all out on his own. Like, he doesn't, like, you know. I mean, I guess, like, his label could drop him. Well, but here's. Yeah, he's if, a K-Fay, If you bro. represent Kanye, yeah. like, you're not dropping him for that because well, he's already so crazy. Well, look, it's like this thing, too, where it's like, um, look, you could have not agreed with what Samantha B said this week. Or you could have not agreed with what Roseanne said this week. You could not have agreed with Bill O'Reilly. But the thing is, they're on cable and they have sponsors. Like, so it's a little bit different right. when you have a service that doesn't have commercials. You know, so that's just a, a bottom line fact. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I no. do think that these, 
I do think that uh, there's been a loss in this country from both sides, the right and the left, where, you know, like I said before, there's no room for evolving. There's no room for education. And, you know, do I think that Roseanne should be cast out of the public light forever? I I, I don't know. I, I But I do think that you also have to take your licks a little bit when you do something wrong and then, you know, yeah. and try to make some sort of, you know... I mean, dude, man, like, you know, if I'm a black kid, I'm fucking scared in some ways, you know, like in this country. I, I really am. I can't say that as a white guy. And when you have the one of the biggest right. TV shows, you know, saying that word, it, it it's a genuine fear for some of these guys, I think. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's also tough because yep. it ruins, like, her whole approach of the show. Her approach was like, no, no, no. It's okay that we're Trump supporters in the show because, like, that's a, a side of Trump supporters you guys aren't talking about is yes. the people who seem forgotten in the blue collar. But then she calls a black person an ape, and it's like, well, now it seems like it, that is the case. With the trigger. Don't forget the trigger of Muslim Brotherhood in front of it. So there's uh, yeah, no yeah, hiding. Yeah. There's no hiding race connotations in that, that yeah. tweet. Also... Look, th- there's a picture of her dressed as a Nazi. <laughs> like, so A but plus B. Also, and, but here's yeah. the one thing that I will say, and, I, and I'm sorry to interrupt again. Um, I do think Roseanne has mental illness problems. Yeah. Like, I, I yeah, do think yeah. that yeah. that she has, you know, and look, I mean, I fucking do. A lot of people do, you know. But, like, you know, like in 2014, she was talking about going to George Zimmerman's house and, like, maybe sending the address so people could take him out right. as a mob justice. Like, she's not... A, she's not a particularly stable person. No. So I'm not even saying, like, it's one of those things where I'm not even saying, like, 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 I think Hulk Hogan said an incredibly racist thing. I don't know if all of fucking Hulk Hogan's personality is David Duke. I don't think Roseanne's entire personality is David Duke, but she did fuck up. Right. You know, yeah. so yeah. it's, it, and, and, you know, and I do think that there is, should be, like, some discovery and, and mental illness, and there's, you know, a lot of stuff. It's like just, just throw just excommunicating somebody, you know, is different than you know. There, there's variations on fucking everything, man. You know what I mean? There's there's a difference between you know some guy who who murders somebody in a bar fight and fucking Ted Bundy. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it, it, yeah, yeah, right. Yep. It's not uh, her, what Roseanne did was stupid, but not to the degree that like uh, Michael Richards or uh, or Hulk Hogan, right. I mean, I don't, I don't think. Or my Italian uncles growing up. Let's be honest about <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. But the problem, though, is that with the Michael Richards thing, you know, Michael, Michael Richards did not know he, you know, and this is an excuse either. I actually think the Roseanne thing's worse because Roseanne has a huge platform that you tweeted out to a bunch of people. Michael Richards said something yep. incredibly racist. And in the heat violent, of the moment, in the heat of in the a moment, room that he didn't know was recording. That wasn't yeah. recorded. That's not an excuse. He should have been called out. He yeah. also fucking didn't have anything really to lose. He wasn't on a show. Went on a fucking apology tour like crazy after that. Hulk Hogan lost everything again. It was like he was saying the meanest thing he could about somebody who was hooking up with his daughter. Um, that was yeah. recording again. It wasn't fucking right. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm sure we've all fucking said some stuff recorded that we wish we really hadn't said, you know, like, yeah. um, so I do think Roseanne's thing is worse because it was a larger platform and she knew what she was doing. She was sending that out to everybody, you know, like, yes. it, so that, that's, I think the big variation of that, but it's a, it's like, again, it's like, we'll get Hulk Hogan now. He's slowly, 
He's slowly coming back in. He's he's doing the bios on WWE. He's yeah. doing the boy, and he knows it, some of the shit that he's saying isn't fucking. You know, he should say, "Hey, what I said was racist." I probably have racist connotations to me. I think any white guy who says that they're not racist is full of shit a little bit. Like I know in my life that I've done stuff that is right. Ra- that is racist. I look at it. I look at it. I'm like, Oh, that was a, a racist thing I did right there, you know, or, or, or at certain preconceived thoughts and, right, and I'm, I'm evolving things. and I'm evolving from that. Um, <clears throat> but the problem is, is that, you know, there's just no, you know, like there's it, like, you know, there's just, there's no, um, you know, it's like I, I, there's a, you know, like are we, what are we searching for in society? Progress or excommunication? You know, I don't know. I'm yeah, sorry, right. I just got off my fucking pulpit. <laughs> <laughs> we went from you like fucking jumping off a ladder with hornswoggle to dealing with race in America. Ten minutes ago, total fucking best works. sex story <laughs> while on TNA, and now you know how we fix this country and racism. Yeah. <laughs> we go all what over. If baby? An episode of Total Fucking March fixes racism. <laughs> It'd be so great. <laughs> I, but I get what you're saying, Ken. I mean, I, I I get what you're saying that there's, it is a it, it's a little scary that like, you know, you know, there's in this country there's incredible rage and then collective amnesia and yeah. nothing really gets better and uh, every side wants to kind of get clicks and you know and and yeah and nobody nobody it's it's like let's talk like this instead of like exactly hey, you know something Rose hey Roseanne you know what she said. This is how it was perceived, at yeah. the very least. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, but instead we got to yell at each other and fucking talk down, to, and that never works. Ever, 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 ever. Never you works. Know? Well, it's like that documentary. I don't it doesn't know. happen with. It doesn't happen with religion. It doesn't happen with science. It happens through just talking, like yeah, normal yeah. fucking human beings. Have you seen that documentary on Netflix, Ken? Where it's that guy. It's a it's a black dude, and he went around talking to Klan members and kind of switched a lot of their. Uh, you know, I he, did, yeah, yes. Klan. It's really interesting, and it's also interesting because in the end, the, the, he has a huge fight with, um, you know, somebody from the Black Lives Matter movement, and you kind of see both of their causes, but it ends in a screaming match, and it it seems like it's almost in a worse, you know, it's in a worse place. And I also it, it, get. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Keep going. I'm, Look at how many people that guy. I'm, I don't remember what his name was, but look, look at how many opinions that guy changed by just talking to people in yeah. person, face to face, talking to each other. Yeah, Twitter is He's a horrible, all those, horrible place. You know, all those those people that used to hate somebody because they have a darker tan mm-hmm. said, "I was fucking stupid. I was really stupid, man." So. Yeah. Well, it's just like I mean, how many times you know, you're just growing up and you fucking take out your self hatred of yourself to. You know other people, and you hurt people in the process. And I'm, you know, I'm sure I've done it. I'm sure everybody's done that. You know, and it's, you know, I think we just brought. I think we just made the world a better place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we really did. Let's all hold hands. Yeah, you know, this is the most peace I felt since the first Survivor Series. <laughs> <laughs> the most peace I felt since he slammed Hornswoggle. <laughs> <laughs> um, back to so uh, back to Hornswoggle. Yeah, <laughs> the happy stuff. Well, I just I I just had on my podcast about a month and a half ago, and one of the things. So I've been friends with Tommy Dreamer for years, and one of the things that's oh, like every few months, Tommy comes up and has a new story of how he pooped his pants. And it's some <laughs> Dan, crazy, too. It's me, me, too, and I don't even, amazing, I'm not even athletic. Amazing stories, amazing stories. <laughs> and um, 
And so I asked him to share some of those poop stories with us on the podcast. And then it's just become like a, a weekly thing. Every, every person, including Molly Holly, we ask, like, have you ever pooped your pants in a restaurant? You have. Well, last time you were on a podcast, you, know, you shit your pants in a match, right? <laughs> no, I, I... Oh, you never have? I don't believe I did. Man, no, never. We got good to still have goals, almost, everybody. <laughs> it almost happened when I was over in Germany. I got food poisoning when I was in Germany. Uh, well, that's the only way uh, people in ago. Germany can get off, actually. Yes. Uh, you get know, a second career in doing yeah, that. Just, just yeah. seeing so much shit in the ring. <laughs> but but uh, Hornswoggle said, I'm not even kidding you. He said he shit his pants 18 times in one year. And, what was happening um, to Hornswoggle? He once pooped in an airport, and he had to he had to wear his gear home like a little oh. hornswoggle. Oh the my green. god! Ah. He's re- reaching he for the poop brass ring. Throw his, he, he had to throw. There you go. That's it, right? <laughs> he had to throw his clothes away, and oh. go into his gear bag, and wear his shit home. Oh my! Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Dude, that he has Crohn's probably. He needs to like check that yeah, shit out. Some, that's not eighteen times a year. Is that's something wrong? That's all, there's that something wrong. Body. We gotta get that guy. He's gotta well, get a go go. Hornswoggle's asshole needs a GoFundMe. <laughs> Man, he just wants it more than everyone else. He's willing to shit himself eighteen times a year I in the ring. I mean, it's just how hard he goes. Yeah, I mean, I'm lactose intolerant. I'm. Gonna, I'm sorry. My four year olds don't shit themselves that much in a year. <laughs> I had the saddest moment because I had an oral surgery yesterday. And I don't think my girlfriend could be less attracted to me because I asked, I ran a bath and I asked her if she could bring my grilled cheese sandwich to the bath so I could eat a grilled cheese sandwich while I took a bath and I listened to Annie Lennox. I mean, it Ooh, was really. Jeez, man. Jeez. <laughs> you don't get sadder than that. I'm going to try that. <laughs> you gotta try it. I'm gonna try it. Oh man! I, That's I mean, how they're gonna find guys, you. Just man. to let you know, we're not gonna get to the ten count. We're gonna we're gonna skip over a couple All things. Right. Um, yeah, I think there's really just maybe two two topics I really want to hit. Uh, David Arquette has announced his return to wrestling on the Wendy Williams show. Did you hear about this, Ken? I did not. <laughs> what is this? What, what is, this? is this happening? In, in- I don't know. He's already got a magician character. He tweeted a picture of her. It posted an Instagram photo. It's really? about time a magician character uh, happens. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And he's going to be oh, WWE. Oh, he's like, no. He's oh, maybe maybe one night. Yeah. I don't know. Ken, would you <laughs> would you have David Arquette do a talk as the magician in your wrestling school? <laughs> uh. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, this sounds like a man who's a true businessman. You're like, oh, Jesus. And then you're like, all right, maybe I can get some cash from that. Dude, what? As crazy as as that whole thing was, we're still talking about it, right? (laughs) That's um, true. At the end of the day, that's all wrestling is, is entertainment. People, it's it's like, I don't think people understand that, like, sports serves no purpose other than to entertain us. People take it so serious. And to make me yeah. cry. Sometimes we take wrestling so seriously. Like, yeah. it was meant to entertain us or irritate us, which it obviously did. So Yeah, man, yeah. I hated Chris I, Jericho I totally as a kid. I, yeah. He irritated I, the shit. I mean, now I respect yeah, that. Yeah, irritated yeah. me, too. Now I realize it that. It was like he was just too. the greatest heel ever, you know? 
Yo, but I, I want Arquette to be brought back to the WWE with the WCW belt and cut a scathing promo. It's like, <laughs> you thought this went away? I've been keeping it safe in Hollywood. To pull like an Andy Kaufman. Yeah. Like he's, he's a big shot, and uh, even though he hasn't I don't think, been in a I movie say, in 25 years. Here's my thing. I guarantee you Oliver Platt what's none of this. Who's <laughs> also in that? Yeah, man. That guy's trying to get an Oscar. Scott Conn wants Are you no. excited about Omega vs. Okada 4? Or has this been done to death? Um, yeah, it's just, you know, it's good. It's entertaining, but it's just, it's just spot, 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 spot. And there's just so much going on. And they're so, like, it's, it's like an investment in time, right? Like, it's yeah. going to take at least an hour. Um, you know, it'll, it'll be great. I just, yeah, I, I'm kind of like, uh, I don't know. I'm a curmudgeon, curmudgeon, I guess, where yeah. I, I, I see stuff like that happen. And I just, I wish there was more, uh, more selling and less flipping and, and stuff. But yeah. at the same time, I see, I see, I understand that there is a, there's a group of people in the world that really, really enjoy that. And so, yeah, so I'm, I'm all about Speak- the, the cool thing about wrestling is if we were all the same, it would be a really boring world. But luckily we have all these different flavors and different styles. And while I may not appreciate the high flying, you know, high impact, lots of crazy sick bumps kind of mm-hmm. wrestling, I see that, there's a place for it. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's the evolution of it, right? Like like the Charles Barkley's and that always cry about how there's too many three-point shots. Like when I was a kid, yeah. it's live or die by the three in basketball. You die by the three. While there's kids younger than me just shooting threes when they're eight. And now you mm-hmm. have like a Steph Curry. To me, this is like the indie style and this New Japan style. These are people who saw the Hardys and said, I want to do that at eight. And they didn't yeah. see like chain yeah. wrestling matches like I saw watching eight hours of wrestling a night on the weekends yeah. in Vegas. And so they're like, I'm going to do more of that. And that's why we have like a ricochet. Like ricochet is like Steph Curry of like uh, wrestling, in my yeah. opinion, you know? Yeah. That's the yeah. evolution of the of the business. But speaking yeah. of the old school, yeah, I, I got to see the, I don't know if you guys got to see the Bruno San Martino documentary. Yeah, on, I watched it last night. Oh my God, it's great. It's on so WWE. Good, I don't really know a lot about him. I didn't and know about the whole like Nazi occupied Italy insane. thing. Jesus Christ. Hey. That he was about to get his, his, his he was about to get shot, shot by shot Nazis. Crazy. His mom, his mom was like him. body shielding him on the way out of Italy, man. Like you hear a story like that, and you're just like, that's the documentary. Like if like yeah. if like they did a documentary on like Enzo, it'd just be like, well, everybody <laughs> was a hear. DJ. Let's <laughs> um, wait, let's skip over the controversy <laughs> on this one. Um, uh, dear God, uh, <laughs> I was just talking about his DJ background. He like comes from a family it, of DJs. It'd be sixty minutes of him buying Nikes. That's all it would be. Yeah. That's the most yeah, interesting thing uh, he does. Yeah, moving on. Moving on. Yeah, at one point in the documentary. <laughs> uh, all right, my back mom, to Bruno. Back my to Bruno. Mom made me go to bed without eating any supper. Yeah. Yeah. Back to Bruno, though. <laughs> he had, you see his ears? I didn't realize how messed up his ears were. Like, he had, like, fully closed, like, cauliflower uh, ears. Yeah. And I, at one point, I was like, I don't even know if those are, like, ears. It looked like his ears was, like, lost and, like, they used, like, a toe or something to put it back on. And there was like a moment where the Russian like finally took the title from him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And he said when he got pinned, he was like, "I I couldn't I couldn't hear," 
And I, I thought that something had happened to my ears, and I was like, oh, here's the story about his ears. Like, what the fuck happened to his ears? <laughs> yeah. But he was just saying that the crowd was completely silent. Because, right. like, you know. Did you ever, ever met Bruno, oh. Ken? No, I haven't. I've never met him. Oh my God! He got. I mean, it's uh, and and he had a lot of problems with the company. Um, you know, yeah, and for years, for year, years about. Uh, but it is. It was kind of. It, it is. It really is the brutality of being a wrestler, which only you would understand. Of him, like after he lost the title, he seemed like he was the happiest because he had fucking four months to spend with his family. Yeah. Yes. Whenever you are given that sort of a, an honor. It's also a huge burden because you work, work, work. You know, the couple yeah. times that I was TNA, TNA heavyweight champion, like you're constantly on the clock. You rarely yeah. get time off. Do you? The minute you uh, what's it building, like seeing your family for the first time after after one of these runs? After what? After like one of these runs on the road. I mean, what's it like seeing your family? Oh, uh, it's you know. I, you go out on the road and you're with, I feel like you're with a family when you're out on the road because you become closer than family because it's just like you see each other every single day. Yeah. But it is, it's amazing coming off the road and being able to see your loved ones and uh, get, spend a couple of days. But the problem is like with the WWE schedule, you're on the road for five days. You come off and now you got to think like, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I've been up for people this whole time. You know how, like, you guys know, know these, you know, when you're working, when you're at a comedy club or whatever, like, you're around people all the time. You have to be up and sometimes you want to be down, but you can't, you can't show them. And then now you come home off the road and you're exhausted. You're beat up because you've been falling yeah. down all yeah. the long. And it, your, your family sort of gets, the scraps and the leftovers sometimes. But yes, my yes. ex-wife and I, my ex-wife and I had a little agreement that whenever I would come off the road, I'd usually get home. My flights would be early in the morning. I'd get home eight or nine o'clock in the morning, and she wouldn't talk to me for eight to ten hours. She'd let me go upstairs, lay on the mm. couch, play video games, do whatever. I had to decompress. Yeah. But then it was like, okay, come on, now you got super be. dad. Yeah. I mean, and you guys, do you blame, uh, like, you know, I mean, this is a complicated question, but do you think that the wrestling business was one of the things that led to the end of the marriage? Um, yeah, yeah, sort of, kind of. I mean, she was never a huge fan of wrestling. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's, that's really problematic. It's really, really hard. And she she pretended for a long time, but... Um, yeah, it's the same in comedy, and there's a lot of so many parallels between wrestling and comedy. But I mean, I, I've seen friends lose their marriages because like their wife was never quite okay with them being married to comedy, you know. And like it came down to a choice, or like you got to choose me or comedy. And, and it's sad to watch it happen, but that's like super common you know, in our business as well. Yeah, and and I don't want to say like I don't want to say that wrestling is more important than than your family. Oh, of course not. Yeah. But but it's just really hard to like. I gave up if WWE called me or TNA called me or an independent promoter called me and said, "Hey, I need you to get on a plane and come to wherever right now." I would do it. I would do it in a heartbeat, and um, that's sort of what is expected of you in the business. Which it's hard for the people who aren't doing it. That's hard for them because they are left in the dust. It's hard for them to take. 
but yeah, she didn't, uh, she didn't appreciate wrestling the way that I appreciate wrestling. Yeah. And, um, but you, you know, found life after wrestling. You said you're remarried. I am. I'm remarried. Um, beautiful to an awesome woman who, you know, loves wrestling, not, not loves wrestling, but she appreciates it. And, uh, she's yeah. actually, you know, she helps out at the school a ton. That's great. And, oh, that's great, know, man. We like the same thing. You got to like the same thing. Like we like video games. We'll sit and play video games for 12 hours. That's, that's awesome. Practice, nice. Kind of what are you playing right now? Yeah. You know, I'm playing the new God of War. Oh, it's so good. And, um, and I just got done with Far Cry 5, which I think is the best game I've ever played in my life. Yeah. I, everybody's telling me to get that. It's like about like a cult, right? Yeah. Yep. It's, yeah. It's That's up my alley, dude. I got to play that. So I got. I also got another. I think, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Keep going, buddy. No, I, I was going to say, like, I think I'm ruined now. The same way that Fallout 3 ruined me for a while for video games, especially first-person shooters. Like, I hate first-person shooters because they're so, uh, you, you know, you're on a rail the whole time. You can only go from this side of the street to the other side of the street. Right, yeah. And I feel like there's so much Far more Cry's to do. great, though, man. It's open world, you know. It's just amazing. The yeah. graphics are silly. Yeah. Do you, now, this is another, I guess, a, a heavier question. I remember in, uh, you know, there's kind of two th- schools of thought after wrestling, and you still are wrestling. So this is a this is a little bit of a, uh, a jump the shark question. Um, but you know, like I remember Steve Austin on his podcast, he's talking to Paul Orndorff, and Paul Orndorff is like, "There, you know, there's life after wrestling." But you know, you hear Jake the Snake's Hall of Fame speech, and he's like, uh, "My body can't handle it, but my heart still wants it." Um, do you think your heart will always still want this, or do you think you can get? You know, uh, because of the wrestling school and because of what you found outside of it, can you find a new piece that's not uh, grabbing a Money in the Bank briefcase in front of 80,000 people? Because oh. I feel, feel like that can be hard. Yeah, ab- absolutely, absolutely. First of all, I wanted to hang myself after I watched Jake's speech at the Hall of Fame. Um, <laughs> it's pretty so depressing, man. I was such a downer. Like, and the kids are sitting in the front row, and he's like, "I cheated on your mom." <laughs> Whoa, brother. Yeah. Um, and uh, but but yes, absolutely. That's I wonderful, man. Love wrestling. I love performing, but I'm really, really embracing and loving the idea that I get to train people now and teach them to go out and and do what I do and you know hopefully they don't make the same mistakes that I made I'm yeah. able to like cut some shit and, and are you talking about like problems with substances and things like that because I've dealt with that myself my whole life me too with what like substance abuse or anything like that because you know I've dealt with that my whole life I've been to rehab twice and you know like I've, I've oh, dealt, yeah. dealt yeah I've been to rehab yeah there were definitely you know and the thing is like I, I got into pills and yeah. um, but it was it was due to boredom. It was due yeah. to boredom and the fact that like wrestling hurts. So you're always kind of something on your body always hurts in wrestling. Yeah. And so like somebody's like, Hey, try one of these and you know, you pop a Viking in and all the pain goes away and you feel like this fucking euphoric Yeah. You can you I had energy, I could still talk to people, I wasn't fucked up to where I was impaired. Yeah. Like this is amazing. Yeah. I want to feel like this all but the time. But then eventually that shit turns and, uh, on you. 
It really does. It, it does. Really does. And then you're taking you're taking them just to feel normal, you know, and like to to not get sick kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um. Well, thank God he got out of that, man. When I was in the WWE, I spent $35,000. One time my wife came and she plopped this piece of paper down in front of me. And she's like, you spent $35,000 on pills this year. uh, I spent. But it was was, a lot of it was due to boredom because in wrestling, there's so much downtime. Yeah. You understand? So how many Vicodins were you you popping a day at one point? I would take... Um, like I get for breakfast, I would have five or six, break oh. them in half for breakfast, down, breakfast and champions. Like, that would be the first thing that I would do when I got out of bed. I would get up and I would go grab a handful and, and take them. And they were the tens. They were, uh, you know, like 60 milligrams. Damn. Like, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and then would... About two and a half hours later, maybe three hours later, I'd pop up with another three or four, and then I would just keep going like that all day. So, I mean, there were days where I went through like 40 or 50 pills. Oh, my gosh. Evan, yeah. Evan I was what were you saying about your I was buying 1,000 at a time. I would, yeah. So my guy in L.A. would send me 1,000 Vicodin. Holy and, shit. Um, that guy, I, I mean, them. is that guy a friend? <laughs> like, he sounds like a horrible friend. <laughs> I, 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 would, I spent uh, around no. 50 grand on Coke one year. And uh, so I understand just like the sheer amount where like it's like, am I trying to kill myself? I don't know. And uh, I, I, I would anytime I see my dealer, he would try and save me money. So I, I would be like, uh, let me get a gram. He'd be like, hey, man, you're going to come back and get another gram. And then you're going to come back and you're going to get another gram. Why don't you just get an eight ball and save some money? And I'm like, no, 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 dude, I'm not. I'm not coming back. I swear to God, I'm not coming back. He was like, yeah, you are, bud. And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> and then I would come back, and then I'd come back, and I'd come back, and I'd get four grams in a night, and then I would see him two days later, and, and he'd always say the same thing. He'd be like, you're alive. Like, that was like his first words to me every time. But that was like a drug dealer. So, like, the guy who's sending you the perks, that was like a friend of yours? No, 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 no. He was oh, a okay, yeah. He was a drug dealer. That's yeah. 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 You know. It's crazy, but, man. Yeah, he, he didn't he didn't care about what was going on yeah no dude no at one point i at one point i told my dealer i was like you know what you're right i am gonna call you again so don't pick up okay i'm begging you not to pick up i don't want to buy anymore and he would just he said uh hey evan i'm a drug dealer (laughs) (laughs) he was like uh if you call me and you want drugs i'm gonna sell you drugs man (laughs) it's like Uh, you're right it's not you try to make him your aa sponsor (laughs) yeah I am not your sponsor. Exactly. Yeah, I tried to put a governor lock on my fucking drug buying, and he was like, nope. <laughs> ah, that's hilarious. Yeah. So um, I feel you. Sleep, you know, I'm so glad you're okay. Did you go to me? I mean, this is kind of a personal question. Did you go to, you went to rehab, did you go to meetings, therapy, any of that kind of shit? No. Oh, really? None of it. Wow. None of it. Cold turkey. Nope. I just, um, at one point, I just said, I, I got to stop this, and, and I did. I was wow. able to just. I'm always amazed when people are able to fucking do that, man. Because I, you yeah. know, for me it takes a village. You know, I'm on, you know, and I'm and I'm on. You know, I I go to a therapist. I have a self help fucking guy. I <laughs> I was in couples therapy for a second. I meditate. I listen to spir- spiritual stuff. And I didn't listen to spiritual stuff this week, and it was way worse. You know, and I'm and I got prescribed uh, anxiety meds, which is also a thing with 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 sobriety, which gets tough. Uh, but it takes a village for me. So whenever I hear somebody who's just able to like fucking just stop 
Yeah, I'm that's amazed. wild, man. It's impressive. Uh, I mean, and I remember. Um, so I remember when I wanted to come off the the Viking, and somebody told me about there's this stuff called suboxone. Oh yeah, yeah. it's the it? devil, man. <laughs> it's the so, devil. Yeah. So I could get into that. I could. Oh, it God. doesn't. It's just super expensive. You have to go to a special doctor. That yeah. Has to pay like I remember, I mm-hmm. I had to pay him five hundred dollars a visit. And he'll and tell you then, that you're going to wean off of it, but in a couple months he'll actually up it. I've seen that happen every single time. I used to work at a sober yeah, house, and, and my clients would get on it. Yeah. And it was just, it was a disaster, man. It it takes away cravings, but it gives you a little bit of the euphoria. It gives you the feeling yeah. of heroin. And so, like, we right. had guys that were just doing heroin, and then they take Suboxone because it takes away the sickness that comes with it. So they were able to do heroin yeah. and look like a normal person. So it's just it was horrible. It's a horrible, horrible drug that doctors in New York especially it love, and I, it's it's killing people. It was awful, and I remember like I was like this. Again, here I'm not doing. I'm not taking pills. I'm not doing any other drugs. But this shit is costing me like eight hundred fifty, nine hundred dollars a month. Yeah, Woo! it's a hustle, yeah, man. man. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's so expensive. Insurance doesn't cover it. Um, or at least I, I think at the time my deductible was just super high. Yeah, they don't do that but, with um, Viagra either. And let me tell you, I think that's a <laughs> goddamn shame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, and, but uh, <laughs> but eventually, right before the kids were born, right before my babies were born, I was like, I have to get off this stuff. And I just so happened that TNA wasn't running shows for like sixty days. We we had two months off. Oh wow! And I said because I, I kept trying to wean myself off. I'm only going to do you know half today or half in the morning, half at night. And I just kept, I just couldn't do it. No, yeah. and um, I just said like I know that I'm gonna just have to go cold turkey and I'm gonna have to suck it up. And Jesus, I, how sick were you? I for 12 days mm-hmm. I was shivered on my couch, oh, and no. sweat. Yeah, and that's what it takes to awful. come off of heroin, and it's unfortunately just part of the process. You know, you get, you have to feel like a piece of garbage for two weeks, and when you take the suboxone, you're just uh, kind of delaying that. You know. It's just a shitty just thing that people don't want to accept they have to do. And I get it. It's like methadone. It's like methadone. It's, it's like you're totally just methadone. one stupid thing with another stupid thing. Yeah. Yeah. A government-funded well, stupid thing. You know, thank God you went. You, you got through that, Ken. Yeah, and, super uh, stoked for you, really, I'm really excited that, uh, you know, things are going so well um, right now. Um, I was going to talk about the um, – I just want to make one point. Um, this is off topic, but I really did want to hit it. The, the fucking way that they're treating the CM Punk trial on wrestling sites <laughs> is is like the Casey Anthony trial. Yes. By the way, it is like I'm like we. It's like big news. We found out what CM and CM Punk standed for. Chick magnet. That was a story. That was a story. That was a breaking yeah. news wrestling story. And I get there's a you know it's you know look look I get that like you know there was you know like uh, it's too complicated of a situation for me to really comment on. A, a punk went through a lot of shit. Um, and, but like, uh, you know, and, but, and the doctor thinks he went through a lot of shit, whatever. But I'm just saying, like, it's so crazy that, like, I don't know, man. It's just like sometimes wrestling sites just don't, like, we don't have to treat everything. I think that's almost the problem in this country. We treat everything like it's like the OJ trial, you know, all over again or some shit like that. Yeah. You know? Are you telling me the next American crime story on FX is not the CM Punk trial? Because I want to play Colt Cabana. I want that. I'm playing Colt. Ryan Murphy, get at me, B. Come on, man. You know, I I don't 
I don't follow any dirt sheets or I don't even know what you yeah. guys. I didn't realize that punk was there was a trial going on. I just don't oh, follow yeah. any dirt sheets. And I'll tell you, like there was a time when I was in WWE <laughs> that I was, you know, I would have a match and I would come back to the locker room and I would check my phone immediately, jump on one of the dirt sheets and see if somebody had a something good or bad to say recap, about you. Yeah. A oh, recap mm. of the night, and you know. It would generally be negative, 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 negative. I yeah. remember, like, I felt like I was just circling this drain, and I was just constantly trying to get the win the approval of these people that I don't really care about. You were, so you I, were, and then, then you had to de Melter like uh, D Viking. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally, I really did. Mm-hmm. I, I was like one day. I remember uh, I came home and. Um, Austin, Steve Austin called me and he was like, uh, there was all kinds of shit going on at WWE and stuff behind the scenes. And I remember he like, he was like, kid, get the hell out of there. Go, go to yeah. DNA. You just got to quit. You got to get out of there. And I was like, I, why? And he goes, you know, Cena hates your guts. Triple H hates your guts. Shawn Michaels hates your guts. And I, I remember like thinking, why? Like, I, yeah. you know, and that, now I I get it. I realize like how you know what I did and my missteps. But at the time I was like, you know, I wasn't trying to be an asshole. I wasn't trying to be a right. Mm-hmm. And then all all this. What do you think were the missteps? You just up. were like uh, overstayed. Well, I'm sorry, well, we got to wrap up so, here a little bit. I'm sorry. About this. No, no. Let, let me. Uh, so you know, it was all these things that I was reading. These negative things that I was reading on the internet about me that weren't true. Um, and I just, I remember like <laughs> curling up into a ball. I felt like I've never had a nervous breakdown before, but I felt like that's probably the closest that I ever came. I just curled up into a ball and I fucking wept like baby. Mm-hmm. And for, I just, for me, that's said, a t- Tuesday morning, but yeah. <laughs> and I just said, you know what? When I came through the other side of that, I was like, I'm done paying attention to dirt sheets. I'm done. I'm done reading I'm them. Glad, I'm man. done with all that because at the end of the day, um, I'm going to, yeah, I, I do want constructive criticism. I'm yeah. still learning. I'm still yeah. trying to get better at what I do. But there's a difference but between learning never, and being torn down. Yeah. It's never constructive criticism. Yeah. It's just people that are mad and they like to be yeah. mad. They woke up mad. And they, they want to keep, go to bed it's mad. a drug. Well, it's a drug. And, uh, and so I just quit and I literally quit. And the only time, like every once in a while, I'll have some quote unquote friend that will message me and yeah. say like, Oh, Hey, did you see what they said about you on this site? And I always say, dude, I don't care. Please don't yeah. tell me. It's almost like, it's almost passive aggressive. You know? Yeah, it is. Oh, it is. Totally. Yeah, it's not going to do anything good for you. Yeah, they, all they, that yeah. shit, man. Well, yeah. dude, I'm glad he got I, through I, it. Um, yeah. I'm I'm so sorry. We gotta wrap up. I'm getting like the fucking the the time signal from uh, my producer here because we they got a new podcast coming in. But please tell where can people find your wrestling school? So it's the Academy Pro Wrestling dot com. We're also we're on Twitter, the Academy S O P W. On Twitter, um, we're uh, the Academy Pro Wrestling on Instagram. The Academy School of Professional Wrestling on Facebook. Uh, you can oh, find yeah. me at. At Mr. Ken Anderson, M-I-S-T-E-R, Ken Anderson on Instagram, mm-hmm. Mr. M-R, Ken Anderson on Twitter. And um, we've got another class starting on August 1st. 
Um, I'd run my, you know, yeah. it's, you get six months for tuition. It's uh, 3000 bucks for six months. Oh, that's a great deal. Five nights a week. That's great. Five nights a week. You get about spent five that James, on Red Lobster. James is flying out there as soon as he can. He's your yeah. next student. Yeah, we wrap, <laughs> we wrap at the end of July. I'm free in August. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. And Evan, do you, what, what, do you have to prom- down. what do you have to promote here? Uh, you can just you can find all my dates at evanwilliamscomedy.com. Okay, and James? Yeah. James L. Mattern underscore on the medias. Uh, Ran and Raven podcast with the Amanika. Yeah, man. You know what's coming um, on. Instagram at It's Evan Williams. Instagram, I think I'm Dan Sagermain at DS Germain on Twitter. Uh, keep watching The Break on Netflix yeah, with baby. Michelle Wolf. I'm a writer Ooh. there. James does warm up for the show. Um, I also, uh, you know, subscribe to this podcast, read this podcast. My album, No Real Winners Here, comes out on August 10th. There should be a pre order soon. I will be going on a mini tour uh, for that. It's only going to be a few dates Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, yep. Baltimore. Um, I'm going to be doing a show in New York, uh, and then I have two dates in Massachusetts, Boston, and some fucking weird Massachusetts name I can't pronounce. Massac Pika. I don't know. It's not even that hard. I'm just a fucking moron. Uh, <laughs> Pete Bitty. Ken, Ken yeah. thank you so much, man. Ken, um, you're the coolest guy, man. Yeah, so you, it was, it was you, so dude. great, and I'm so great. I'm so grateful that you got out of that, and yeah. uh, you're doing so well now. You're crushing it, man. Very happy for you. Yeah, man. Thank you, guys. I thank really you. appreciate it. It was fun, t- fun talking to you guys. Fun talking. Let's you do it too, again. Man. All right. Take care, man. Have a good brother. Bye.